Yeah, somebody. The thing about Venmo is that people don't understand that all your business is out on the Venmo streets. You don't have to. I've never like been public. I don't get that. Why do people make their Venmos public? It's absurd to me. It doesn't make sense. Well, I think the default is public and they just don't know how to make it private. So you go on like, well, first of all, I don't know why there's a timeline for Venmo in the first place, but like there's definitely yeah. always you hop on Venmo and it's like uh, somebody paid $80. I don't care. A uh, reason shrooms and it's like <laughs> let's not put that on, on oh, the venmo <laughs> man we gotta stop following pablo on debatable venmo account anyway this is debatable uh we will have this is what is this the last episode second second to last second to last episode of the solo debatable before it merges with the great show that is uh the dominique foxworth show so we're not going away we're just getting stronger uh, that's David Dennis Jr. I'm Dominique Foxerf. Dave David at some point will read to us the contents of the email that he got from Andre 3000, but that point is not right now. I have it memorized. Oh man, that's sad. Um, we get a tattooed on my back. <laughs> Speaking of someone who walks it out like crutches, Jonathan Taylor. Um, <sighs> the Colts couldn't find the deal they wanted for Jonathan Taylor. So where does that leave the Colts and their star running back? Such a reach. Jonathan Taylor's not on crutches. He does not walk. He also runs. Did, He's a running back. Still not in the clear. Didn't he walk it out like an usher? Like, what are we doing yeah, here? Yeah, that is like, true. What's going on? I walk it out like an usher. If I say real talk, then I probably, or if you say real talk, I probably won't. Yeah, I trust you. Like, I don't trust yeah. Alabaster. Anyway, I don't even know what the question is anymore. Jonathan Taylor is where... He is most useful, honestly. The Colts, we've talked about this before with Mina and um, Bill Barnwell. The Colts are probably the team with the young quarterback who is a dynamic athlete. The Colts is probably the team that could use Jonathan Taylor, but he really doesn't want to be there. And it doesn't seem like they really care to have him there. It appears that through the media, they're pretending like there's some sort of bidding war in order to like get Miami to up their offer. But nobody else can really figure out who this phantom team is that is also competing with them. So I'm not sure. The big question is whether they put him on pup or not, because if they put him on physically unable to perform, then nobody can use them for four weeks, including them or any team they would trade him to. Yeah. The pup thing seems like the actual story here. I mean, this is a, one of those just annoyingly silly occasions where a team like is bidding against itself and like into this sort of like circular thing with itself and the player and there's no body else really involved like this seems like a Colts versus Jonathan Taylor versus with nobody else in the story conversation and I think the the big thing is like if you have a a quarterback that you think could be the franchise quarterback and you want to set him up for the best success possible that's that's Jonathan Taylor's benefit right now you know like that's what he's there for he's also going to help keep that quarterback healthy uh, and you know, like there's a value to that, but they're just acting like there's there's nothing there. And you're putting this guy, it's like I'm putting him on timeout for no reason. This <laughs> is four weeks of of pup, and and yeah. th- just nothing that they're doing makes sense here. Yeah, I mean, we assume for no reason. The the question, I think, this kind of hurts his his trade value in some ways because he hasn't played since the ankle injury. He is on pup, so he will be unavailable for four weeks. And I, I don't know why you wouldn't put him out there if he's annoyed. Then 
I mean, unfortunately, that's not how football works for Jonathan Taylor. Um, I get the reason why you might want to stay on Pup, so maybe that's to his benefit. But honestly, like, the Colts are not a competitor. They are a team that has cap space and is not uh, pinching pennies in order to maximize their roster. They could sign him to a Derrick Henry-type deal for a couple of years and move on, but it kind of feels like they don't want to be laughed at which I don't think anybody would laugh at them. Uh, I mean, just to be clear, for people who don't follow this, um, professional football teams don't like to be the ones that pay running backs because the nerds have gotten a hold of all of them and taught them the very true thing that it's probably not, it's probably not smart to sign running backs to long-term contracts because you can find someone for much cheaper who brings similar value to your team. But if you are the the Colts, you have a chance to make a run at a division and help your quarterback develop. I'm not sure why you wouldn't pay the lone guy on your offense that anybody else, or lone skill player on your offense that anybody else would want. Yeah, I mean, the, the running back contract thing seems to be an issue for, like, winners, right? <laughs> like, when you're actually constructing right. a, a contending team, you don't want to put so much money on your running back. The Colts are not a winning team. Like, you can pay – like, it's not like they're going to be yeah. building – a roster through all this free agency. It's not like they have a bunch of studs in there that got contracts coming up. Like you are going to stink no matter what. And you're going to get good draft picks no matter what. You can pay this guy for two years and then have the and then when those draft picks that you're getting for the next few years, when their contracts is up, then you start having the conversation about what to do with a running back. But that's sort of immaterial right now. I like um the the Dolphins are a team that's been realistically linked to them. Like I like having the conversation about them weighing their options more than it is about the Colts, mm-hmm. because I think the Colts are making a mistake, not helping Anthony Richardson, but there's nothing else to say about it after that. But the Dolphins, I do think uh, most people believe that they, their championship window, if Tua can get healthy. So this is where it gets kind of interesting. There's an all in component to signing Jonathan Taylor. We're not sure if he's like requiring a contract, which then that changes some things because, yeah, they got a bunch of other players, uh, in, including Christian Wilkins and Waddle and Holland, a bunch of really talented players that um, signing Jonathan Taylor might make it more difficult to uh, to sign them also. So, I, I mean, that is interesting to me. I tend to like the idea of going all in when you get a chance to go all in. And if you're close to a championship and you think that this player can put you over the top, then I'm fine with with investing what you have to invest. And it may only be a second round pick. He may not require that contract, but I'm even fine with considering that contract in order to make your team uh, or give, raise your odds of being a championship team. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing with the Dolphins is like so much of their future and their championship contention right now is about Tua, right? And so like, do how much do you want to go all in with a guy who you do not know what his career like, you do not know what his season's looking like. That's sort of the issue. Now, do you think that you have a good enough offense with the Jonathan Taylor, with all those guys there, that if even two is hurt, that you can still contend? I'm not sure, but there that's it's not like you have a surefire quarterback that you want to go all in with. Like that's that's sort of the conundrum. And I agree with you. The Dolphins part of this thing is the is the interesting part. The idea that the Colts are gonna get a first round pick for Jonathan Taylor, that seems like that was never going to be the case, uh, especially with the way running backs are. But it, I, I, if they get a second round pick, why don't you give it a shot? But if I'm the Dolphins, like are you gonna go all in when you don't know what you got with Tua? And yeah. technically and, you have until October thirty first to right. 
sort of and and they do have a running game or at least the what looks like the the zone running scheme that is effective with well not almost anybody because they really didn't get effective towards the end of that year it's with a back that has good vision which i guess that it's easier to find a back that has good vision than it is to find um a back that makes your running game no matter what's in front of them so jonathan taylor is a running back that i think can improve your running game but i guess that that's why we get back to this analytics conversation that Mm -hmm. is enlightening but not always that fun like how much is it worth to uh, have a running back that may take your running game to A plus when you understand that the running backs that you have now probably can keep you around B and right. is it worth the commitment going forward? And I think most people would say no, but especially at a position that is as fragile as running back is. And with a player like Jonathan Taylor, he's not old, but that man got years on his body from Wisconsin. <laughs> like they just handed right. it to him every play at Wisconsin and then <laughs> did the same thing in Indianapolis. So uh, I, I, I get the argument both ways, but I'd like to see him in a good situation. Alabaster, what you got? So for the Dolphins, isn't the Tua instability kind of more reason to go in all in? Because we have heard from Tyreek Hill. He's going to retire in a couple years. If they lose Tua, they lose Tyreek. This entire iteration of the team becomes a teardown. So it's almost like now or never um, while you think you could get a healthy season from Tua. There's almost no point of waiting because if you wait, it's just going to be a teardown anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think the rebuilds are faster than most people think. So Mm -hmm. if they maintain this roster, I think finding a quarterback that's serviceable uh, may not be as difficult as you think. That's one way to look at it, which I'm arguing against what my heart tells me. And what my heart tells me is you make rational decisions as much as you can. And then you got to go all in at some point. And they seem like they're at a point where you go all in. Well, you could uh, use a third round pick and get Trey Lance and uh, have him come there if something happens to Tua. Everybody's happy. With some Cowboys content in, maybe. <laughs> we didn't, though. We didn't. We, did. we didn't because we're not talking about Cowboys. We're talking about Trey Lance, a quarterback who probably won't even dress for the Cowboys. Sadly. Well, All right, said, Alabaster. Who said, said Cowboys thrice in the A oh, block? Yes. Boom. You are ESPN eyes. Yes, indeed. We know how to do TV, baby. Is that the ghost of Whitney Houston on your shirt? It is Whitney Houston. Uh, it's not, you know. The, yes. the other one looked my, like a ghost. I want to see My love is your one. love. Let me this see the. A, it's like no. a little collage thing. I don't know how cameras work. I don't know. I'm just making Lean the other way. Lean the other way. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Good teamwork. There we go. There's a blue Woody Houston. That's yeah. All right, Alabaster. This oh, is good content. This is good content. This is great content for the podcast, folks. I know so, you love love the podcast. More more good content. I need to uh apologize. It was the I quoted the the Lil Wayne Drought Three remix of Walk It Out. A huge mistake. My bad. Yes. Um so let's move on to the next Stop topic. Stop trying to maintain your credibility. You can do the whole verse thing. I have none. I have, <laughs> I, when have I ever had credi- credibility? I mean, um, it's good to know that Al- Alabaster was looking up walk it out lyrics while we were giving this hard hitting football content. Thanks, bud. I mean, you didn't, do you really want me to drop the take that the, the Dolphins should really just be trying to trade for Kirk Cousins and just go in the Super Bowl? Wow. That's a good take. It's a good take. That's a good take. Quality <laughs> take. Quality <laughs> take. I like that take. Let me hold on. Um, it's called multitasking, David. Um, <laughs> <laughs> next topic. So Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and the aforementioned Anthony Richardson have all been named the starters for week one. Which rookie quarterback do you think has the best chance of succeeding early? All right. You already know what I'm going to say. It's the quarterback that's in the best situation. 
And I don't know what quarterback that is. This is the hard part. <laughs> is before this season, I was like, you know what? It's Bryce Young. He's going to go. Like, they traded up to get him. This is not a team that is as bad as a number one overall pick team normally is. They managed to manufacture a running game and a, an improved offensive line towards the end of last year. And now that offensive line looks terrible. And they don't have any weapons. They got an, an older Adam Thielen uh, trying to reel in some passes. Uh, yeah, so it doesn't feel great. When you watch him play, I feel like he's good. Like he seems to throw like with anticipation and he seems to understand the offense. He has a coach in Frank Reich that we all believe understands offense pretty well, except for what he did in Indianapolis. But it, <laughs> he did coach Nick Foles to a Super Bowl, which we give him the credit Maybe we should be giving that to Doug Peterson. But I thought that situation was a lot better than it is now. But it's hard to look at Houston and say that that situation is better. I guess I have to fall back on Anthony Richardson because one thing that he has is superb athleticism and Shane Steichen, who managed to get the best out of or managed to mold or help mold uh, Jalen Hurts into an MVP caliber quarterback. And if he can do something similar with Anthony Richardson and his special athleticism, then I think it's him. Yeah. The thing that was concerning about the preseason games is just how much these teams stink. Like there's no, <laughs> like <clears throat> when I watch Kenny Pickett and I watch George Pickens out there, like Kenny Pickett has somebody who no matter how he plays, he's going to have somebody, you know, to get the ball to. These players, these three guys do not have that. There were so many drop passes in just these three teams over the, the preseason. It was alarming. The, and all offensive lines did not look good at all. Uh, and uh, Andy Richardson looked like he was in duress the whole time against that B squad with the Eagles. I mean, these guys look like it's just going to be them, which is sort of that, you know, what you expect. I mean, I know the Panthers traded up, but they look bad in the preseason. I think long-term – I'm going to go with Bryce Young for a lot of the, the reasons you mentioned. They have um, right there who is going to be the was the quarterback whisperer of some sort. Um, they have a division that is pretty, you know, you can be competitive in there on any given year because there's not a, a lot there. Um, and he just seems like the better quarterback. Uh, you know, he just seems like the better quarterback in college. He seems like um, a good quarterback now. The one that's concerning me the most is Anthony Richardson. Like, that I mean, six. You know, that guy is inaccurate as hell a lot of times. He's extremely athletic, but my concern is that if you got him running around there with a bad offensive line, I don't know how long he's going to make it this rookie year. I don't know how long he's going to make it there. C.J. Stroud, I don't believe in the Texans. I just do not believe in the Texans front office at all. I'm going Bryce Young. Well, I mean, I think I, I want to piggyback with you on Bryce Young, but you said long term. The question is early, and I think mm -hmm. Bryce Young also has Jim Caldwell, who is. Uh, probably one of the best quarterback whisperers that we have in yeah. the NFL, given his track record. That um, speaks or that bodes well for him. However, I still go back to who has something or someone that they can rely on. And I look around and I guess you can say Bryce Young has called well. You look at, at, at Stroud and you're like, oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You got nobody that can protect him, nobody that can catch. And we don't have evidence of like great, great coaching. We do understand that he's probably the best pure pocket passer of this group, mm -hmm. but yeah. he still needs some help. And then you look at Anthony Richardson, and while he may not have a great playmaker, they do have a better offensive line, I would say. Mm -hmm. And 
and Shane Steichen, and also like a special trait. He has a special trait. And the reason why athletic quarterbacks are so revered is because the floor is high. What um, Justin Fields did last year was impressive. With very little help and without a developed passing attack, he made that team competitive. And so I, I think if you're if the question is early, I, I might go long-term with Bryce Young, but if the question is who can succeed early, I think it might be the guy who is one of the one or two best athletes on the field every time he gets out there. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I guess, you you know, if um, Taylor comes back at week five, that is pretty early for him to have a whole lot of help. I mean, he's going to uh, immediately have the best yeah. um, uh, offensive weapon at his disposal than the other guys. But, man, that he just – I mean, he was just missing guys, man. Like, there was just a lot of bad pass, a lot of bad decisions in there. And, and what you don't want is a guy with that team – with nothing to you know really play for, running as his first option, you know, and a lot of those that running that he was doing was because he had no choice, <laughs> you know, like he, that, like he, I, I'm I'm concerned about that. Um, I, I agree though. C.J. Stroud's, I mean, he he's throwing the ball up and down the field, um, but I, I mean, it's the Texans, man. The answer is Jordan Love. We've decided that he's a rookie too. Okay, that's the answer. Right. We are going to okay. go ahead and and deem him a rookie. It's his first time entering the season as a starter. Jordan Love is our answer. Mark it down, Alabaster. Boom. He's probably younger than the rest. Or Trey Lance. He plays for the Cowboys. Oh, Trey Lance. Good job. Way to get him in. <laughs> Sweet contribution. Um, all right. So, Kyler Murray, he's also on the pup. Uh, should the Cardinals play Kyler Murray this year at all? I assume you're going to say no. David, what do you think? I don't understand why you don't play the guy. You know, like this idea that the Cardinals are tanking um, for, you know, the Cardinals are going to lose. The Cardinals are going to lose all their games anyway. People, Like you might as well have, like if you're really going to move on from Kyler Murray and you are determined to do that, at least raise his stock, you know, during the season, like this, this, you know, at least let him play amongst the worst team in football, you know, like at, at least let him do that. Yeah. The Cardinals are a really sad organization and I want to get to the taking tanking conversation as quickly as possible. I don't care whether they play Kyler or don't play Kyler. Like I, I think if you're a healthy guy and you're the best player at your position, I think you obviously play them. Like that's just mm-hmm. what you do normally, unless there's some reason to protect him. If you, you don't rush him back because you're not competitive. Like I understand that, but them releasing Colt McCoy, who I think was the best quarterback on the roster, them trading away Isaiah Simmons, who like isn't a world beater, but was a contributor. Like they seem to be telegraphing that they're giving up on the season. And, you know, I hate that for a bunch of reasons. One, because it doesn't work in football uh, because we rarely see if ever just one player parachute in and solve a team it just mm-hmm. i can't think of a time where it's happened the closest example we have of that is cincinnati i guess is but it's not like they were completely without talent it's just someone right. just doesn't do that so it doesn't work in football um is one reason not to do it it's unfair to the players on your team who like expect that you're going to surround them with the best talent and try your best to allow them to succeed. And it's not fair to the rest of the league that you guys are out here freeloading and you're going to make a billion dollars or several billion dollars because everyone else is trying and you're putting a 
crap product out there and then you're rewarded for it by getting a high draft pick. I hate it. I hate it altogether. And I hope that they do lose all their games and get the number one overall pick. And Kayla Williams is like, no, I'm not coming to a trash organization that doesn't try to win. I'll go back to school or you guys trade this pick because I need to get out of here. So it's not just about tanking, though. It's about protecting Kyler Murray, the trade asset. His time there is clearly coming to an end. And don't you think there's a calculus here of he has never made it through a season healthy? What's the best way to rehab this guy's trade value? Play him, have him scramble around, make a ton of plays, or don't play him so this, you know, Lilliputian quarterback doesn't add more miles and injuries to a body that's already taken a lot. You like you don't have any trade value for him. No, everyone knows right. that you don't want him. You've already you've already killed the value by um, telegraphing everyone that you're drafting a number one that you're trying to draft a new quarterback. It's pretty clear that Kyler Murray's not your guy. This organization drafted Rosen and they were out on him after a year and drafted Kyler Murray and seemed to be out on him already and are tanking to get Caleb Williams. I do not feel like I would be comfortable if I was Caleb Williams entrusting my future Hall of Fame potential career to an organization that seems this messy and basical with the way that they manage and develop quarterbacks. There's nothing you can do right now to impact Kyler Murray's trade stock because everyone knows that you want to get rid of him. So put him out there and he plays great. That might raise the stock slightly, but not a whole bunch. You put him out there and he stinks and I don't think it changes anything because people still remember there was a time when Kyler Murray was really good. To me, that's like secondary to the actual point. And the point is the Cardinals are acting like a garbage organization. I want to go back to the Colt McCoy thing. This is really cutting Colt McCoy is really the best thing that ever happened to his legacy because it suddenly like people acting like the Cardinals traded away prime Joe Montana because they're like, now are they tanking because they got rid of Colt McCoy? They're never going to win a game now. Like, Come on. Like every time I hear Colt McCoy news, I get surprised anew that Colt McCoy is in the league. Like they were going to lose 100% of their games anyway with Colt McCoy and getting and cutting him and act like this. This was the move that signaled they were tanking. It's absolutely hilarious to me. Josh Dobbs and Clayton Toon. Colt McCoy not better than either one of them. Like, I don't know. It just, it's frustrating me. I know it's all fun and everyone thinks this is how you maximize your chance of winning. One, again, it doesn't work. And two, like these guys are, this game is you're really reliant on a lot of people in order for you to look good at quarterback. You need, as we just talked about, you need an offensive line, a second, I'm topic before this, you need good receivers. The same is true. If you're a linebacker, you need a good defensive line and cornerbacks, all that matters. And if you guys are like submarining the season, it's going to make me look worse than I am, and that's not fair to me. I don't you know. know. I, I, I'm, I'm on reruns, but this is not fair and stupid, and I hate it. And, and, and what if everybody else was doing this? Like, it just yeah. – There's just something to me that's really icky about tanking in football. You know, like tanking in basketball is one thing. You go out and you lose by 30. You have it, and everybody shakes hands, and you go home. Like, you're getting hit in the head really, really hard for no reason. You know, like there's yeah. no chance of you winning. You're just going out there, and – you know, the players are playing for contracts, doing that they're playing, that they're giving their all, and they're getting hit really, really hard, and it hurts. And you're doing it for the service of nothing. You're doing it for the service of, like, losing. And, like, that feels really, really icky comparatively to other sports. And it feels like 
this is the argument for changing the draft system. Like you should not be able to tank Abolish football. It. Yeah, just get rid of it. You should not be able to tank Abolish football. the draft. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I don't want to make it too serious, but it is, we are constantly reminded of how risky and dangerous this game is. So I purposely losing games and weakening your team. And last time I got up in arms about this, the Dolphins ended up winning more games than anybody expected, but it doesn't change the (laughs) fact that the team, while the players and the coaches were doing the best, everyone else was trying to ruin the season, which to me feels absurd. Like can anyone imagine going to work and have someone who is actively trying to make you suck at your job? Yeah. Just to me, it feels unfair and wrong. And somehow because it's in sports and you're a fan of the team, people justify like, no, this is a good strategy. Hell out of here. So a uh, hard pivot. Let's go to uh, what are the chances here? We got a clip for you oh. guys. Um, what are the chances that Vince's quads cramped? All right. Play the video. They didn't actually throw a lot of RPOs. Now they ran some because Navy never forced them to pull it and throw it. Uh, oh, so I think they only completed like three Arthur RPO throws the whole time. <laughs> you got tamed, so you all right, man? <laughs> we had double trouble because you you took off and I was muted. Apparently, and there was like all the people at home were going like this, but I can't see any of them. Well, but, I'll be uh, honest, I, I got two massive out of nowhere, two massive cramps in my quads. I mean, I believe. Well. <laughs> Be honest, cramps as a result of you not having enough water, not being hydrated enough. <laughs> I mean, no no disrespect, Vince, but I feel like you don't have a problem with being fully hydrated. But I, that was a cramp response. As someone who's had plenty of cramps in their life, like that's a cramp response. Now, I don't know if you know that the Internet is, is making wild yeah, speculations. I know. I know. That uh, he accidentally dropped a deuce, deuced himself and had to um, evacuate the premises after after deucing the deucing the trousers which i don't you know i don't i don't have any um self-deucing stories like that so i don't know the proper reaction to that i don't know what that looks like but um i'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt i'm gonna say that his quads cramp because he pooped himself so hard <laughs> well i mean that is actually that's another response when you're dehydrated. That's like an escalated yeah. response. So, I mean, all of these things, he could have done both. I, I've i seen the cramps jump on somebody before. It does look like that. I do remember in college we had uh, a, um O-lineman who, again, much like Vince, looked like they retained a good amount of water. Uh-huh. He was tired. He started faking cramps. The man was faking cramps. So uh-huh. it's possible that Vince is doing the same thing to get out of doing hundreds after practice. What's up? Have you ever cramped podcasting? <laughs> no, but I have I have sleeping. Uh, so like I don't know, it jumps on you sometimes. I don't know. It's not you just want to you want to do poopy jokes and I know. Uh, Al- and Pablo's not here, so you have to play the role of poop joke maker. Rest in peace, Pablo. Uh Alabaster, have you have you cramped uh walking it out? <laughs> That's why I got the crutches. All right, we can close it out with Alabaster doing the entire verse. Don't edit any words. I want all the no, words. Alabaster. All the words. Give us all the All the words. Give us all of them. No? Mm-mm. Neighbor? Nothing. Ninja? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Four force. Mickey Fix. I always want to do 
curse replacements, uh-huh. it always makes me think of Full Force and Mickey Vicky and House Party on TNT. <laughs> <laughs>